In John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35, we see one of the final conversations that our Lord had with his disciples. He simply shares with them a word of exhortation in verse 34, and it goes like this. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. Now, I'm not so much into the theological correctness of no feeling like this, as the song stated, but I'm well aware of just how much he loved me by what he gave up to offer salvation to me. And it was that same kind of love that he demonstrated to mankind that we are to in turn demonstrate to those around us. So consider some of the key thoughts and ideas that surround Christ's love. And I was just kind of thinking through this over the last several days. I mean, there's a million and one characteristics that we could use to describe the love of God that came down to this earth. But several of them just kind of stand out to me. Number one, unconditional. Hey, I want you to get your life straightened up, get some things in order, and then I will love you. I don't see that in Scripture. He showed his love to us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was unconditional. It was sacrificial. He gave up the splendor of heaven. Think about that for a moment, folks. That God would send His Son to leave the splendor of heaven, the perfectedness of heaven, to come down to a sinful earth. To lay aside His, if you will, his, some of His uh, characteristics, as his, uh, or to take on the limitations of the flesh, like being hungry, being saddened, uh, being tired, I mean, to just willingly take on the limitations of the flesh to come down and dwell upon men to experience everything that we experience, yet without sin, that's sacrificial love. He's willing to lay it aside to come down to give mankind salvation. I think of the fact that His love is endless. It wasn't just for a period of time. I think of it being complete. There's nothing you can add to it. You can't do anything to get more of it. It's endless. It's complete. Indescribable. Can you really put a ton more? You, you could go on all day. So consider the commandment. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And yet, it's not necessarily a new commandment, as he says, because in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 17 and 18, he says, You must not harbor hatred against your brother. Rebuke your neighbor directly, and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against your members of your community. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. And I think about this all the way in the Old Testament. So he says in John, he says, it's not a new commandment. This is just something I want to reiterate to you over and over and over again. And it's amazing that when God gave it in Leviticus chapter 19, it was the whole idea of, hey, in your community, you should love one another. Isn't that an amazing concept? I mean, think about what's going on in our culture, in our society, the riots and the prejudice and, and everything that's taking place. And he says, by the way, in your community, don't hold anything against your brother, against your neighbor, against your people in your community. You should love them. By the way, I'm Yahweh saying this. It wasn't just a friend saying, hey, this is a great idea. This is not just somebody who's a community leader saying, this is a great idea. He says, by the way, I'm Yahweh and you ought to practice this. 
And yet, in John chapter 15, verse 12, he says, This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. So he says an entirely new commandment, yet it's something that's been old. He said, I need to emphasize this over and over and over again, because obviously it presupposes the fact that it's not taking place. You don't have to tell somebody to do something that they're already doing. So he said, this is a reminder to all of us, we have to show love. In John chapter 13, I want to begin reading verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told you, told the Jews where I am going, you cannot come. So now I tell you, I give you a new command. Love one another as just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This love, this godly, agape love. Let me just say it this way. It's easier to say that we love others than it is to actually do it. Anybody agree? If you're honest with yourselves, it's easy to say that we love by the way, I'm a Christian. I love all. I love everybody, right? Because actions speak louder than words. What are the actions that prove our love? And as I said before, I kind of give a working definition of love. Love is a decision that results in action and expects nothing in return. When you say that you love somebody, it's a decision that is made. And because I love someone, I will show them. My dad used to say when I was in junior high. Go take out the trash. Go clean your room. Go do this. Go do that. I will. And my dad's response typically was, don't tell me. Show me. Because actions speak louder than words. And so in the context of our relationship with people on this planet, we can say that we love, but if there's no action backing it up, it's really not there. So we need to love as Christ loved, as God loved, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you would take your Bible there just for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I know this is familiar, and the problem with familiarity is that I've heard that before, and we kind of go into coast mode. Don't go into coast mode for me for just a few minutes. I want to read the first eight verses. It says, if I speak, 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 that's not even a word. If I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong. Anybody ever remember the gong show? You remember that? I mean, I was like a little kid. I just remember the guy going, gong. It was ugly. Some of you guys in the younger, you don't even have a clue what we're talking about. It's the gong show. YouTube, it's probably on there. But I'm a sounding gong. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am, what's the word? Nothing. You just exist. And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor and if I give my body in order to boast but do not have love, again, I gain nothing. Now listen to these characteristics from verse 4 on. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not conceited, does not act improperly, is not selfish, is not provoked, and does not keep a record of wrongs. 
Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Stop for just a moment. Patient. How many of you would say, I'm not very patient? Nothing from the peanut gallery in my family. Patience is not one of my great strongholds. I need to work on that. Kind. Does not envy. How often do we look at something someone else has or their position or their material goods and say, wow, it'd be nice to have that. Love doesn't envy. It does not boast on the other hand either. Look what I've got. Look who I am. Look what I've accomplished. That's not love. It's not conceited. It's not proud. It's not puffed up does not act improperly. How do we act? As my mother used to say when I was in junior high, once again, you behave. I never understood that phrase, but behave. Okay. But we get it. How are we acting? It's not selfish. In spouses, in, in, in a marital relationship, Sometimes it's his and mine, and we keep it separate rather than it being ours. That's a recipe for disaster. But it's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. Why? Because it doesn't think any evil. It does not keep a record of wrongs. That's it. That's the third time you've said that to me. Well, when was the other two? Back in 1979. It doesn't keep a record. It's not love. It finds no joy in unrighteousness. <laughs> I told you you'd fail. It doesn't keep a record of that. It doesn't find joy in that. It rejoices in truth. Bears all things. When one's, going, when one's sick, the other one helps the other. It bears it. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And beginning of verse 8, love never fails. It never ends. Then he says in verse 13, So now faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who stole from you. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who's lied about you. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who belittles you. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who annoys you. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who has more than you or has less than you when it comes to money or material things. I'm not better because I have more and I'm not, you're not worse because you have less. I'm going to meddle just for a moment. Biblical love extends all the way to the person who has a different political view than you. Oh, now you're meddling. I can't believe he's a Democrat. I can't believe that you vote for that person. Oh, because the other side's so much better. Biblical love extends to the person who has a different skin color than you. Come on. 
Biblical love extends to the person who has a different religious view than you. Oh, they're Catholic. Can you believe that? They're, they're, they're Mormon. Biblical love extends to the person who has a different idea of what family is than you. Come on. We talk about it, but we're living it out. Can I make this statement? And I hope you get what I'm saying here. In no way does love equate to accept. I will never accept lying as being okay. I will never accept stealing as being okay. I will never accept you being a different, a, a different persuasion politically as being better. Love does not mean accept. But it does mean you have to show love and be a picture of Christ. There are so often times in our life we meet with somebody and we go into the circumstance with a preconceived notion or a prejudice or a bias of who that person is or isn't. Think about it. Say, well, I love all people. Really? Do you have a relationship with them? Are you willing to talk with them? It shouldn't be us and them in the world that we live in. It shouldn't be, well, they're, they're African-American. I don't get it. I, I just don't understand their culture. Or they're Indian and they just have some weird views about God. Or they're, folks, come on. By this shall all men know that we are his disciples by our what? What? Still pretty weak. By our what? There we go. Now we're all paying attention. Do we have love for one another? And are we willing to show that out because we've made a decision not just to say it, but to live it out in our lives? Real love overcomes judgmental spirit. Because I'm not better than anyone else because I'm still a stinking sinner saved by grace. Amen? And all my righteousnesses are as filthy rags, so therefore I'm not better than you because I'm a Christian. I have a different home. And I have a different set of values that I live by. But I'm still a sinner saved by grace. Real love overcomes a biased spirit. Real love overcomes prejudiced spirit. Because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. I'm looking at what's going on in our culture and in the news the last several weeks. It's chaos. It's chaos. Do we wonder why? Seriously? It's not that one group needs a little bit more education than the other group. It's not that one group is justified in burning half the town down to get their point across. Where's the love? In the body of Christ, where is the love? It's so easy, isn't it, to show love to one another in here, right? As to compare to out there. But where it really matters to the unsaved world who need to see a different picture of Jesus Christ. Do we show love? Love seeks the ultimate good of others. Because it's not about what I 
am or am not. It's about what Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. Turn your Bibles over to 1 John just for a moment. First John chapter 4. I want to begin reading verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and the one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Let's just stop right there just for a moment. If you love... It gives credence to the fact that you know God. Awesome. But if you've not learned to love others, it also gives credence to the fact that you don't know God. It's that simple. Are you, with your life, demonstrating a life of love? Let's go on with verse 9. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. Now, we talked about the characteristics of God's love, just a few of them. As I have loved you, unconditionally, completely, sacrificially, are you loving others? Not just those that are easy to love. Because there's a lot of people that are not easy to love. You say, well, I love them because God tells me to, but I don't have to like them. <laughs> and you don't really love them either. Verse 11, dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is perfected in us. So he says, if you are living a life of love, it says that you've been with God. Look down verse 17. In this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. For we are as he is in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears has not reached perfect perfection in love. And we love because he first loved us. Who is it that you're afraid to love? Those on Avenue D. <laughs> I don't love those people. I don't want to go there. I, don't, I fear for my life there. I would rather be in the center of a war zone knowing it's God's will than to be in a nice, comfortable home where God does not want me. I mean that. I would rather be in a war zone knowing that my life is in danger but I'm in the center of God's will than to live a life of ease and be out of God's will. Perfect love casts out fear. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Um, let me just use this as an example for a moment. A lot of people don't like to be down in the city at night, right? It's dangerous. It is what it is. It is what it is. I grew up in Minneapolis. We went out door to door and invited people to church in the streets of Minneapolis. 
People followed us around blocks and blocks. Of all the things that we ever saw, none of us were ever harmed. And we did it week after week. I just don't like the city. Well, okay, what's your city? Kenya? India? Next door neighbor? Where you shop? What's your fear zone? If we look through God's eyes and love them with God's heart, it overcomes a lot of that fear. So I'm not so much worried about what they're saying or what they're thinking or what they're, how they're going to respond as much as I want to walk in obedience. Do we love as God loves? I think if we would begin to love as God loves, I think we'd see a little bit less violence around us. A little bit less chaos and disorder. Because perfect love says it's not about me and what I want. And every time I don't get my way, it's okay because you know what? <laughs> I'm not responsible for how anyone else responds. I am responsible for how I act. Right? Right? I'm responsible for me. I can't give them, I will not stand for God before God for what Nick Titus does. Thank God. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I'll not stand before God for what Demita does. I will stand before God for what Ken Todd does. And though I'm concerned about how other people live their lives, and I want to help them, encourage them, I want to teach them, ultimately all of us are responsible for our own actions. Right? I can't give them account for what other people do. But I will give them account for how I live. I want to live a life that's pictures of God's love. Romans chapter 13, if you would turn there. Romans 13. Verse 8 says, Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law and the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment, all is summed up by this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Besides this, knowing the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. For now is our salvation is nearer than we, we first believed. The night is nearly over and the daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in the daylight, nor in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but, on the, put, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy fleshly desires. What helps us overcome that? Love. Being a picture of Christ. Guarding ourselves. And then one last verse I want to bring to your attention this morning. It's Ephesians 5.2. It says, And walk in love as the Messiah also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Think about that just for a moment. Think about those words. Walk in love as the Messiah did, as Jesus Christ did, a sacrificial and fragrant offering. 
Isn't that awesome? That Jesus Christ, His life, was a sacrifice and a fragrant offering. And that's what our life is to be. Sacrificial and a fragrant offering. Isn't it awesome when you can meet a complete and total stranger and you walk away saying, man, I felt like I've known these guys for years. Why? Because there was love, because there was kindness, because there was a relationship that has begun. It really comes down to a decision. Am I going to be an example of Jesus Christ's love in the world that I live in? You say, it's really easy to say I love everybody. I'm a Christian. I, I, we're to love people. We do that. But where's the fruit of it? Why is there fighting in churches across America? In our own county, there's churches struggling to get along with each other. Because love is not very evident in some This is what it is. I'm selfish. I want one. I can't believe we got that, that tile. It's so ugly. We should have got two shades darker. I'm so irritated with this. As soon as we got done with it, someone says to me, all right, we're going to paint the walls. Seriously? And let me guess the color. Gray. Gray is, I was told, uh, where is she, Teresa? Gray is the new beige. Gray. What is with everybody in America painting houses gray all of a sudden? It's like the new color. I don't know. I don't really care. I really, really don't care. <laughs> but see, when I love people, I don't have to have my way. You want gray? Go for it. Whatever knocks your socks off. Whatever floats your boat, go for it. It's all you. Why? Because love says, it acts, I should say, with the heart of others in mind. I don't have to have my way. But when I'm walking with Jesus Christ, let me just tell you, in my first, or my second ministry as a pastor in Tippecan, Indiana, I was a volunteer firefighter for six years. I had numerous people from the fire department in my office with marriage counseling. I often ask this question. I really don't care what you think she's done. And I really don't care what you think he's done. You both claim to be Christians, right? How's your walk with God? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you talking with God? How, <laughs> you're, you're snickering, but how's yours? Are, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you walking with God? Because if, once again, I'm responsible for me, if, I'm, if my relationship is right with God, and I'm spending time in a relationship with Him, and praying and reading His Word, and I'm walking in obedience, guess what? And if you're doing that, guess what? There's going to be unity. It's only when, when someone says, I don't want to walk in obedience and I don't want to work on this relationship and I don't want to love as God has called me to love that there's problems. Am I right? Let's get honest. Is my relationship, am I loving as God has called me to love?
It's patient, conceited, does not act improperly. It's not selfish. Righteousness. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all. There's different types of love mentioned in Scripture. But here's the thing we don't get. You'll not manifest it correctly to others either, by the way. It starts with your relationship with God. A lot easier. Does that make sense? When your relationship with... So the neighbor that irritates you and annoys you, testimony, let your reputation be one of love. The person who lives down the street or across the globe, show love. So the question I want to close with this morning is, not just do I, what's my reputation? What's my actions? Who may be different than me because God has commanded me to love them. I'm not, but I'm watching all these things unfold in the news. I'm thinking, what's the answer to this? It's on this earth. And the religious right, the Pharisees, if you will, Jesus Christ had a message of condemnation, the love of is the love of God. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to me. What does my life say? What do my actions reveal? I trust we can change some things. If we're going to reach the world around us, it needs to change. Amen? Lord, how it just so simply lays it out. We need to be people of love. Not just in word, but in action. Lord, I pray that you bring conviction where conviction is needed. Encouragement where encouragement is needed for those who are already doing this. Encourage them to continue. But Lord, for many of us who need to improve in this area, God, would you teach us daily how we can get better at loving people who may be different than us, who may have different lifestyles than us, who may have different views than us, that we would faithfully show them the love of God. His heads bowed and eyes are closed.